0: Hello everyone, welcome to Season 2, 8th episode of Ask Life. I'm your host, Helen. And I'm Ron. And we have... Will's here. <laughs> in each episode, we address life's most fundamental and important questions in an effort to provide fresh perspectives on our preconceived notions and understanding of reality through the teachings of the Bible. Today, we're going to continue on with our Q&As from our listeners. Well, we got some interesting comments from our last h one a podcast also. One of the listeners said, I want to hear more about your dad. Because how did he get convinced that there is truth to the Bible? It's so hard to imagine a hard-headed person like him <laughs> at the time he was. And him caving to the teachings of religion. The process would be most intriguing to unravel. Just don't know how it's going to work Technically, just because he doesn't speak English and, you know, he's gonna speak and then I'm going to have to translate because I don't have the ability to dub. The listener actually said it would be helpful to hear him speak Korean even if she didn't really understand what he was saying because she could perceive through his tonation and the way he speaks and his voice and things. So maybe we can try on the next episode. You could invite my dad over. Have him go through his journey a little bit. And then we can go through the Korean and then English, you know, translation. It can't be simultaneous, but I could do it right after. So it'll be a little longer episode, but many people want to listen to it. That we can certainly try that. So that's a preview for the next episode to come. So continuing on with our questions from our listeners on the episode 7... This one was a really interesting one. We, we got a long email from this listener. This is, this is a very special listener to me personally because she's always in contact with us. She has opened up a lot and shared much of her personal life and how she perceives each episode and gives us very detailed comments and questions. So I personally really appreciate this listener and the question was very interesting and it was very personal and I actually asked her whether she minds recording our conversation and sharing that conversation as as an episode and I don't think she was ready for that. But I can sort of give you a quick summation of what we discussed because I think it was a very fascinating and could be very helpful for many listeners. So the question that she had reached out was the following. She and her husband was having a conversation about her career because right now she's a stay-at-home mom. She's raising many kids, <laughs> he, more than two to me is a lot. <laughs> so she she's raising many kids, and the topic came up of her potentially going back to work. And I, mean, I guess the, the topic of her going back to work was born by obviously you know the financial need. You know that's um, having two people generating income versus one person obviously with many kids in the family would be much more helpful so she was previously a teacher so the topic came up where it's like why don't you go back to teaching type of conversation and she called and said how do you know what your calling is how do you know that you're supposed to be doing something. And she related this to this conversation that she had with her husband and saying, what if I'm not supposed to teach? What if, what if I'm supposed to do something else? And, and the something else that she had raised was potentially writing, becoming a writer. So she was torn between going back to school and teaching versus writing and publishing books. So those are the two options that she was left with. And she was basically calling and saying, which one should I go with? Like, you know, how do I know which one God wants me to choose? So that was the question. So I am want to ask you, Will and Ron, like, what, what what would you have said when you got that this question? Obviously, I already had my conversation with uh, this person. Um, Let's call her Jennifer. I'm not gonna, her, she, her, her name is very unique, so I'm going to call her Jennifer. So where, where do you think this conversation with me and Jennifer went? How would you have taken the conversation? So the question again is, I have these two choices, teaching versus writing. And how do I know which one God wants me to choose? And actually, this particular question, we started talking about a lot of previous episodes that we had that she listened to. And she wasn't sure which one she should be choosing. You know, there are a lot of lessons in our podcast. Now, this is application here. So this could be one of the most important podcast episodes where now you have a reality issue. How do you apply the teaching of the Bible to this particular question? So, you guys can't see right now because this is not a YouTube podcast episode, but Ron and Will are just looking at each other right now. I didn't really prepare them for this question because I wanted it to be more organic and spontaneous. So, I think I might have shared this content with Ron actually several months ago after I spoke with her, but I'm more curious as to what Will thinks.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, this question kind of hits home because this situation actually happened very recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, recently I had two, two job offers with, you know, we'll, we'll call it company A and company B. Mm-hmm. I, I really wanted company B. You know, when, when they came in with offers, I already knew in the back of my mind which, which company or which job I wanted to go with, but I still asked every I asked June, I asked Ron, I asked Helen, which company would be, you know, best fitting um, given my circumstances. While I was asking them, in the back of my mind, I already knew which one I wanted to go with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that made me think, you know, why did I even ask them if mm-hmm. I knew I, ho- I was leaning one way? Um, well,
0: you're maybe hoping that it will validate your answer? Yeah, 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 definitely. A lot of times okay. when I ask people things,
1: you know, I'm definitely just looking for validation. I'm not looking for really an opinion.
0: I Also, I think that as humans, we always have a preference, right? We're already sort of leaning you know, we like this color versus that color. We like this flavor versus that flavor. It's very hard for us to be completely impartial and approach something with a totally open mind, right? But I totally get what you're saying though, because you're like, when you're asking somebody, you're supposed to be impartial and you're supposed to be open to any advice and suggestions and you're supposed to like welcome them with an open mind because if you already decided what you wanted, then you're going to (laughs) start making a case for why plan B is better than plan A, Yeah. And, you know, when I look back at it,
1: I kind of see why I was leaning that way. Mm -hmm. The role I thought, you know, first of all, it was higher paying. It was something more fun role than Mm -hmm. company A. Right. So I guess things that kind of benefit me. That's that's probably why I was leaning.
0: one But but I, I love this story because the situation, the way it unfolded is that job number one gave you an offer. And the timing happened so that you had to either accept or reject it, but Company B hadn't really fully committed, they were moving really slow. And, yeah. then, and then what drama you were you were thinking about
1: doing? So my thought process was, hey, let me just take Company A, just lock that in. And right. then I will keep working on Company B. And if I, when I got Company B to, to offer me, I would just tell Company A, hey, uh, I'm actually going somewhere else. Right. So I, I guess morally, it's uh, it's kind of a wrong thing to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, I kind of I, I was like a little confused when I when when you were telling me like which one should I go with, and I said wait a minute, but you accepted the job with Company A, and you're like yeah. So why are you asking me if you already accepted the job? It was, Oh, because I'm still interviewing with, uh, B. And I said, but well, you already gave them your commitment and company A made their choice and they already probably told the other candidates overtaking somebody else and they're already making their decision moving forward with you and building their plan and future around you in it. In the meantime, you're like, Oh, let me see what I can do with plan B. Yeah. Co- company B. Yeah. I was kind of playing both sides.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, I, I eventually went with, uh, company A and um, I stuck with them. I did not rename my offer, uh, my acceptance. So these things definitely crossed my mind. Um, but I knew I had to do what I had to do, uh, to make the right decision.
0: There's some relevance to Jennifer's story in that I think Jennifer also had like a preference over, over those two jobs. You know, should I be a teacher? Should I be a writer? I think in her mind, she wanted to be a writer. It was like a, her passion, and if she was gonna go back to the workforce, she wanted to do it in a in a field that she felt very passionate about. But but the whole conversation with her husband was really triggered by the the financial need, and you know I was just asking her put God aside for a second, like just just having an open dialogue with your husband, like if the conversation started because of the financial needs. Do you feel like being a writer is reliable enough to, you know, rake in that additional income that he's asking? And she's like, Oh, I don't know. This is just prelude. This is not the lesson. It's just so thank you, Will, for sharing that. And I think um, so. we we were having this discussion very recently, and I and I called Will a weasel at the time <laughs> for 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 deciding that. I said, Why why would you take something and still go at it? It's like you're basically being engaged to be married and then like going after somebody else like it doesn't sound right you know and we you know we always have this debate especially when it comes to additional money right a lot of listeners who might be listening going wait the second job has more money what are you talking about (laughs) of course you gotta go after second one but you know anyone who's really seeking god some you know or seeking a higher teaching we have to sort of prioritize what's more important. Money is very important. Nobody's saying it's not important. And I you know, I, I go to work every day to make money, not to lose money. But at the same time I think that we have to sort of think about what's more important that I become that person who keeps promise, that someone who values promise and that I value my name and my reputation or is money more important? I don't know if it was twenty thousand or thirty thousand dollar more money, but Certainly, I feel that I'm more precious than twenty, thirty thousand dollars. If I gave my word, that should be a lot heavier than the promise of additional twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Maybe even more money than that. To me, that's my word is everything. Even more than millions. No, no billions. I don't know. <laughs> billions. I don't know. I'm just kidding. But I, I think when it's a decision like that, and in that example, I feel like it's, it's me. And my being and my principles over money. If you already gave your promise, I feel like you should, should definitely choose that. I
1: guess if you just look at it from a third person's perspective and you apply this to other things, what kind of person would I be in another situation? It's more family related or?
0: We could go into that rabbit hole, <laughs> William, but maybe, I. Maybe
1: another time. <laughs>
0: Perhaps this is That's not another this is not the right episode for this uh, topic. But yes, yes, totally. But it all goes back to the same topic of what do you represent, right? Yeah. What what do you value more? You know, the funny thing is, a lot of people believe God, or they choose to believe God, or or choose a religion to better their situation. And what I mean by their situation could be. Oh, I wish I find my better half or I wish I was in a better financial situation, right? So a lot of people who are thinking it might be like, hey, maybe God wants you to choose too, you know, like, hey, if you if you believe in God, shouldn't you be in a better situation? From directional perspective, they may think that this conversation we're having is backwards. Maybe God did give you that. Why don't you take that? You know, but the funny thing is our message is always in the opposite direction, He's like, no, we gotta do the right thing. We gotta do the right thing, and we gotta find God. It's not that God is trying to support my cause into making more money. It's the direction is totally wrong, and this is the conversation I had with Jennifer. I keep wanting to t- mention her real name, but, <laughs> but this is the conversation I had with Jennifer. Sometimes we have to first see: is this a question relating to God? First of all, is this a relevant question for God? Two. Did I already make up my mind and I'm sort of asking for his support, right? Like oftentimes I think I talked about this too when I was younger, I used to take exams and say, God, please help me out with this with this answer. Like question 10, what is the answer? (laughs) Help me out here, you know? And so is it that he's just there to support my cause? We gotta really get that right because we could be wasting a lot of time in our own world, in our own minds, in, in our own decisions, thinking that God's somehow involved and he's completely not related to them at all. So this this was the direction. Before I before I go on further, like what did you think, Ron, about this question that Jennifer had?
2: Well, I think that when you're making some of these decisions, putting God into it is also um, like are you like are you trying to force him into a situation to try to find what best works for yourself? Um, I think that the first thing to do is really to think about what your purpose is. Like mm-hmm. if this like you know, as you said, if the financial aspect is actually one of the main purposes, like I don't think God like this is my opinion. I don't I don't think God really really cares if you do A or B. Right. I think He more cares about you fulfilling your purpose and understanding what your purpose is and also still having the time for him, right? And the thing is For us, we do things a little bit differently. You know, we have commitments to Bible study every Saturday. We have commitments to Bible study on Tuesdays. So for us, like, these are our commitments, but people could also have way different commitments with their promises toward God. And as long as you maintain that and actually keep trying to search for it, I don't think, like, the actual job is going to matter to him. You know, as Mm -hmm. long as you don't lose yourself in it, I think that's what's most important. You know, I think that the first thing you can do is prioritize. And, you know, I definitely have issues with that and you know will spoke about it there's things that you want to do or just things that you don't want to do and you know for me i I definitely had like a like a more of like a realization about this thought um i would say last week it's like i asked myself why i don't want to do it and you know there are things i don't want to do where i just make excuses for like let's just say i want to be more organized and you know one of the things i've been doing lately is to actually Take steps into into how to be more organized. Not just like one of those things where I say I'm going to just be organized today, and at least I made the effort. It has to be something that continues and you know grows into something else. Like for me, if I just do something one day, it doesn't really mean mean anything. Um, And then at the same time, you know, why don't I want to be organized sometimes? Like why do I rather be lazy? What do I get out of being lazy? Like there's all these things that like I think about and. For me to not do something and for me to do something it takes almost the same amount of effort. Maybe if I had to do something, it'd be a little bit more effort. But let's just say instead of doing a task, I decide to like watch a, a show. You know, at the same time, like you think that the show is more fulfilling, but to, in reality, when I when I think back on these times, like I don't really get anything out of it. But for me to accomplish a task, I get more of a reward from it. But why is it that I defer to not wanting to do something, you know, there's, there's definitely something about that. And, you know, I think it goes back to like things that we're used to and habits and it kind of ties into the way that we think, you know, with Will's way of thinking, like he's, he's always thinking one way about a situation and it's actually, you know, it's pretty dangerous. And, you know, for me to think about how I used to think about things that even there are things about now, you know, about me right now where I... I'm pretty stubborn in some of my thoughts. And, you know, trying to step away from everything and trying to not taint um, my thoughts about something is very difficult. You know, as you said, you know, going into a, a scenario with your mind already made up is very different than going up to someone saying, Hey, like I have these two choices, like what are the pros and cons of each? And we spoke about this in class before about um, you know, Israel um going out to battle with Judah or was it or was it Judah?
0: Yeah, it was Judah, Judah did, yeah. going at yeah. Uh, so fighting we spoke so we Israel. spoke
2: about this in class before about Judah um going to God already wanting to smite Israel. And they went to God saying basically, Hey, we want to go smite Israel, are is that okay? And at that point God's just like go ahead, like do what you want basically. And so they go into battle and they lose. And then, you know, this happened a few times. Um, But this is kind of goes to show you that, you know, if you already have your mind made, God's not going to be the one to deter you or say, no, don't do it. He's not going to spend that time to convince you. Uh, But that's very different from going to someone to get support versus saying, hey, I don't know what to do. Show me how to make the right decision. Back to Jennifer's thing, Um, I, I think that the main thing is, to put the, put what you want inside and see what the purpose of getting this new job is. Is it for family? Is it for you? Is it for growth? Like I think that's the first thing to do, and then make a decision from there. There's always going to be things in life that we want to do and we don't want to do. But you know, in this whole thing with God and the Bible, it like what we want is probably the last thing that we should be considering, especially when we're in the in the process of learning.
0: Yeah, it's hard, right? Because like. People have their preference already. Like even when you're asking a baby, even babies, they already have a really strong preference as to which toy they want to play with. So we all have... Our preferences and we all have our judgments. So it's very difficult to approach a topic without a mind made up. So when, when Jennifer came to me with this topic, she sort of presented those two and then she was sort of saying, I feel like God wants me to do, like he wants me to write. I said, why do you think that? And then she had a few examples of why she thought that was good. And I said, well, the topic really, came up because your husband really needs some financial help here how many years do you think he could write before you can really help him the answer is unknown right so i said what if you teach writing what if you you know what i mean like if, if you were if, if writing is your passion and you can teach somebody to, to write and you can relay that passion to your students how awesome would that be because then you can make money and you could write too I thought she would say yes to that because I felt like it was a very logical thing to follow. And then she, I think she ultimately, she's like, I think I want to write. The question that she asked was like, what do you think that God wants me to do? How do I know which one God chose? But the question I asked her was, how do you know if God wants you to do either? You sort of narrowed the field down (laughs) out of, I don't know how many things in this world you could be doing. But you narrowed it down and you said, God, which one should I do? Right? Like what if he really doesn't want you to do it either? What if he, like, he doesn't care about your job? What if it's not about the job? Like you've already sort of picked the topic and then you're calling him on it. So we talked about a couple of different episodes in the past. One was uh, the genie in the bottle where you're calling upon God when you need his help. And then you're like, hey, help me out here. What should I do? Can you bring me this? You know, where God is there for your cause, right? But we talked about the conclusion of that episode was the opposite. The whole irony behind Gene in the Bottle is there is no almighty God that you can just call upon in a little bottle. And you wake him up whenever you feel the need for your purpose. That in itself doesn't make any sense. God is mightier than you. So you're not calling upon him when you need his help. You are seeking him, what should I be doing? It's the opposite. The direction, again, the direction, we keep talking about this direction, but the direction is wrong. We need to ask him, like, God is already out. He's not in a bottle, first of all. He's not like stuck somewhere and that you are allowed to let him out. Like, no, he's out already. You're just going to him and saying, what should I be doing? How should I be living my life? And that has to be approached with with an open mind without you having narrowed things down based on your needs. And also like things like job, I I do think that there are a lot of lessons that can be learned. And this is something that I struggle with myself because so many hours are spent there. And I would hate to just go there and make money and then of course I could do a lot of good with that money but at the same time I don't want to go there and be just completely absorbed in that day and I feel like I did nothing but just make money and do deals all day and I didn't really learn much for myself. I try to use work as a platform in which for me to grow so for me it's like I don't really approach God and say, which job should I take? I've had a a few forks in my career, forks on the road in my career where I had to choose this over that. It wasn't so much that I was asking him, which job should I take? It was more of my commitment to him, whether I take this or that, my heart for you and my commitment to you and my ultimate goal is not going to waver. And if it does, please take it away. That was sort of my prayer to him or my commitment to him as I was choosing those jobs. Because ultimately, all of this and all of money and whatever I choose to do, if it pulls me away from him, what good is it? If ultimately, if I become a billionaire and that keeps me so, so busy that I have no space and time for God, then from his perspective, I mean, from my personal perspective, from my financial gains perspective, it's a probably a great news. From my spiritual being perspective, that's a terrible news.
2: I could take 50%. <laughs> you could
0: your take road. 50% commission of what? What did you do? What was and your me. value add? Support. <laughs> yeah, thank you for moral your Moral support. support. Thank you for your moral <laughs> support, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like the first thing that I asked Jennifer. I said, You've narrowed it down so much that you're not really giving him a lot of wiggle room here to choose. Like you've already chosen it. You're basically like, you could be, by the way, going to your mom and saying, Hey mom, I have two toys. Which one should I get? Right? One is a knife. The other one is maybe a, like a fire torch or something like that, right? Like, hey, what do I get? Like, if I'm the mom, like, I don't think I want to choose either, <laughs> you know? But like, I think the conversation was a lot longer and I, I said to her that perhaps the zip code could be wrong. It's maybe not about the job, maybe about your heart and where you want to be and where you want to be with God right now. and. You know, the two major takeaways were, one, approach it, approach God always with an open mind. Don't narrow things down so much. And then, you know, looking for signs, you wouldn't believe it. I came across, you know, a grocery shop and I was waiting online and I saw this book and it says, how to be a writer. Is this God's sign? You know, like I get a lot of questions like that. Like, do you believe in these like signs from God? I think you could see a lot of what you want to see. And I think that could also be very, very dangerous to rely on those potential coincidences. And I think we, we could do another topic on like coincidence versus God's signs and see, you know, how do we differentiate the two, right? How do we like not read into things? Because like we've all dated before where we're like, oh my God, he's really into me or like she's really into me, right? And then you're like, reading into things that really probably never there (laughs) because you wanted it to be there so much. That happens. Like people think that, no, no, this was a really clear sign. And it's, no, you know, you can't really rely on those things. So one was that, like just approach things with an open mind. And the other one was directionally. We need to seek him instead of him supporting our cause. We need to try to seek what it is that he wants us to do you know what it is that he wants us to think about so that as Ron said before you could be a chef you could be a writer you could be like me in investment sales you could be Will getting whatever he does in the banking side (laughs) and then but still serve God and still aim towards that goal just the same it's not really about what we do and how it's really how we do so that's why I think going back to like Will's job, it's not so much about like which job, but how he was approaching it, and what kind of person he was when he was approaching it. You know, I think that that was a lesson. Wow, in that one question. Yeah, no, there was a lot in that question, but like I went, I could have talked about so many things, but I wanted to just sort of narrow it down. And I, I, and I wonder ultimately what she decided to do. You know, whether it was about the writer versus the teacher, and um, I hope. You know, her husband (laughs) feels more financial relief from whatever decision that she chose. Uh, But I also hope that it doesn't take away from her passion, but also her desire to know more about God. Because I think that's ultimately what's most important. You could be doing what you love to do, but if what you love to do takes you away from knowing God and wanting to know God more... From God's perspective, that's not such a great outcome. You want the result of whatever your endeavors are to be aligned with God's, right?
2: Well, I think that's also uh, important to note is like the purpose of things. And you know, when I spoke to June a lot in the past, you know, everything is about purpose and we talk about intentions of w- what you're doing. It's not really more so the action, but more so the intention. And, you know, me and will also had a lot of conversations about this um, you know we talked about like what he does and what I do and why is it different you know remember we met uh, me and Helen were speaking about you know will and his decision process and what he was doing in this interview about committing like you know I, I shared a couple things with will w- with what I was going through and he was wondering hey like what's the difference between what you do and what I do and you know it's very very hard to see and tell from just, you know, the outwardly look of it and, you know, the, the actual scenario itself. But if you look at the intention of like why I was doing what I was doing, it's definitely a little bit different. Like for me, I'm just trying to have people understand more about like, you know, what's going on in business and for them to make an educated decision. But, you know, of course, I'll phrase things in a way where they might understand or how they feel differently about it. Um, but it's not about changing the scenarios. I thought back to what you and I discussed um, two days ago
0: when you were talking about, your current client but the sure. oh, well the yeah. the client that's working on the bigger project right now yeah. and and you know so so as as many of you know ron is in this you know development construction business and that that industry tends to be very i don't know what the word is but it's um tough it's more than tough right like you're there's a lot of people who are a little street smart there are a lot of people a little slippery Um, and it's very difficult to keep straight and still be profitable, but everybody wants to have a great reputation, but nobody wants to go through all the work to do it. Like, it's kind of like I talked about before. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die, right? Like, nobody's doing the work to do what they want. But so construction work is such that so much could go wrong. And if you're not careful and if you're not nimble and if you're not street smart, you could kind of get screwed. Right. But I know that more recently you, you've been having trouble with this particular project. And then the client came back and asked you to work on something else. Can you just share yeah. like a quick conversation on that? That I thought that was kind of interesting.
2: So, so basically I had an inspection. Basically, like we we're finishing up this project and throughout this project, like we started off well um you know the owner was actually stuck overseas because of COVID. so you know during that time the project started COVID. so all throughout you know excavation and soe and foundation there's a lot of issues that happened and you know for me i i basically picked and did everything i i put together engineers i actually had to supersede one of the engineers to put someone else on and basically save uh, the project a lot of money um, moving forward you know everything was going well and halfway when she actually started moving back here, I think she wanted to get too involved and start to micromanage and get involved with the vendors. And there was basically a halt in communication. There's a break and there are things that were supposed to happen that weren't happening because she would tell people different things and. You know, it it got to a point where you know I I basically told her like you need to stop micromanaging people. Like it's actually hurting the project more than anything else.
0: Well, it's it's probably because that industry like people don't trust each other. Yeah. Right. And and this was her first project with you, so perhaps she was micromanaging just to make sure that you're not a slippery guy.
2: Well, well, that's the thing. Like the whole I've shown her enough of everything I was doing to a certain point. So she she always says like yes, you know I trust you. But you know the thing is. What happens is when owners don't really understand what they want, and then all of a sudden, they want to add all these things, all these additional items also cost money. But then they don't really see the impact of what they want until you start to build them for it, and mm-hmm. then at that point you're like, oh no, like I didn't want this, and it gets very slippery. Which is why I like to document things. And it got to a point where I was just like, hey, like if if we're not going to see eye to eye on this stuff, you agreed about all these things with me, and then if you're going to take back an offer, I already did the, did all this work. I'm just going to stop the project for now because, you know, it's really messing with my subcontractors and, you know, people are upset and I don't want to continue moving forward like this. So we had a little bit of a standstill and, you know, we, we, we resolved everything and it was fine. So now that we're in the final stages of construction, I had a construction inspection uh, last week. So, you know, afterwards she was at, she was actually there. So I came to her and started talking to her about what was going on. Everything went well. And you know her husband was there, and he starts talking to me about this other project, this very large project that they're they're moving on. And he was like, "I just want you know to get this project finished, and I want to give you this new deal. Um, you know, I'll be really looking forward to work with you." And you know, I, I just looked at him and I said, "Hey, like I really appreciate it. I appreciate the offer, um, but to be honest, like the way that things." Have transpired throughout this project. Like, if things don't really change or we can't see it either way, then I'm going to pass on this other project. Like, it's not something that I want to take on and especially go through this whole headache and go through the hassle of what we happened here. Like, this project will be probably like 10 times larger. And if I'm going to have to deal with the same type of um, headaches and, you know, distrust. Uh, yeah, like, like, like that type of stuff. Like, all I ever did was help you guys on this project. And I even told them, but. You know, this is something that we talked about before. Like, people don't appreciate because this is the first development they had. So, I really did my best to control all of the damages that they, they could have ran into. All the issues that they could have ran into, I basically handled. But... It's like if they've never experienced how bad construction and other companies are, they can't really appreciate what I did for them. And oh, I, I see. They don't know this, what they're. They didn't, they the didn't additional the yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, so that that's one of the things. So that's why we had a lot of um, you know uh, but, but we also
0: thought that he was kind of dangling this bigger project because yeah. he wants to make sure that you finish this project right.
2: Yeah. And
0: then your thing was like. T- I told him. Yeah. yeah
2: I, I literally said, "Hey, like you don't need to dangle this in front of me." Like, regardless of what I have to do, I'm going to get this project done because that's what I do. Um, and you know, even on this project, like, definitely a lot of things that happen and cut into my profits. But at the end of the day, I still do what I have to do. It's right. not about the money making. It's about who I am and what I represent exactly. as the company.
0: Exactly. So, like, yeah. I come across similar situations at might in my line of line, mm-hmm. in, in my line of work where I'm in a position where I can share, I have information, right? Like, when we take bids on very large properties, I have information on whose bid is higher, whose bid is lower, who's likely to be the winner versus not, right? So sometimes these investors come and start dangling new opportunities where it's like, oh, Helen, I would love to do more deals with you. But if we buy this deal, I would love for you to sell this deal. You know, people always dangle that. And I always say, I appreciate your offer, but I'm going to choose the right buyer regardless of you offering me that or not. And and this is what we were talking about earlier, going back to what Will and we were talking about earlier. Like what's more important isn't so much that I make more money through this particular deal. And that's this deal, you know, or, or like I'm positioning myself so that I'm going to maximize my return on this deal. But what's always more important is who I am and making sure that, that no matter who's watching or not watching, like no matter whether that, that client of yours see or not, or they appreciate it or not because mm. this is their first project and they yeah. don't know exactly what they're missing or not missing. But that you do the right thing because you know yourself. You know mm. yourself and you value yourself. That somebody who's looking to follow God a minimum in our flesh, in our line of work, we need to do that. We need to be somebody that res- can respect self, right? And who we represent and who we are because without that how can you really think about being with God when you're full of lies and deceit
2: and fraud yeah that's that's actually brought, brings up a point that we spoke about in class before um, i think that you know God created all of us with a conscience and that's the thing like if you can't even follow your conscience that already pretty much tells you what's right or wrong. Like, how can he even go to the next step? Like, you can't even complete the most basic thing, which is like, hey, don't do this, don't do that. And listen to, like, the inner voice inside you. How are you going to listen to God's world and God's words, which are much greater than that? Exactly, exactly. Um, so one
0: thing that I want to, like, I know it's almost time, but one thing that I want to just talk about is that we got another email from a listener on the episode that dealt with the the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Remember how we presented the, the concept and why why did God make it? Like that sort of became the origin of all these drama and controversy that came into the humankind. like why did he? create this and we talked about it and we got a quick email because this this listener sort of listened to the podcast and he sa- and and she she mentioned I get you but I don't really understand and, and there were some interesting uh, commentaries about that episode and then she sent another email the day after and she said the following she said this morning, I thought of your podcast because we happened to go to the zoo out in Palm Desert. It was sweltering, 118 degrees out, and we were sweating buckets. It was so effing hot, we were dying. Then every time we would briefly go inside the building with AC or drink ice cold water, it felt so extraordinarily good. I felt so extremely thankful. The contrast was very striking. The bad made the good noticeable. Or made it even existent. Otherwise, we wouldn't even notice weather. Because normally we live in an area that has nice weather all year round. It's nice every day that we don't even notice it's nice. But today, just a mere two days after listening to your podcast, I got a taste of what you guys were talking about. So I thought this was a really interesting, great commentary on the concept of existence. And what that tree of knowledge of good and evil, that knowledge part gives us that you know it gives us free will it gives us existence and understanding of existence so um thank you for forwarding over this lovely note we really really appreciate that So again, on the next episode, we're going to bring our dad and we're going to interview him. And hopefully, you know, this whole Korean to English translation is seamless and you guys will find it very interesting. So stay tuned for that. Thank you again. And it is really important for us to hear these comments and questions from our listeners. So we really, really appreciate all the feedback and support we're getting thank you so much what questions do you have if there is something that we touched on that you would like for us to further clarify please email us at podcast asklife at gmail.com at the end of our podcast we'll share these questions and commentaries with every listener for now keep your mind and heart open and always ask life nice.